continuing on our journey here of uh, going through draft needs for each of the teams. We completed the first half of the NFC, and we're going to continue with the second half now. Wiz, how are we doing? Doing fine, doing fine. Just uh, you know, moving along with these uh, with these uh, draft outlooks for uh, for the for the teams with the needs, and uh, yeah, it's always fun. Uh, Go overing, go overing uh, the stuff before, uh, right before the draft. It's a lot yeah, of fun. Absolutely. Uh, so, NFC South, Atlanta Falcons, you know, this is a team that, wow, you and I were screaming at televisions a couple of years ago watching Matt Ryan um, and that offense and the play calling from time to time. This was, this was after um, – uh, Shanahan left. It, it, they've been a frustrating franchise to watch uh, because they've possessed a lot of talent. Uh, actually, on both sides of the ball, Quinn got a reprieve. The team started out 1-7 last year, and he managed to hold on to his job. Uh, they actually finished the season relatively strongly. They won some big games late in the season. They bopped uh, New Orleans and San Francisco over the head in the second half of the year. Uh, but this is, this is it for... Uh, for the Quinn, uh, for the Quinn era, so it's put up or shut up time. Um, decent amount of changes, uh, you know, some familiar household names that the uh, Falcons have had over the last couple of years. Guys like Beasley, Trufant, Freeman, Hooper, all gone. Um, you know, this team has the the 16th pick in the first round. They have seven se- uh, seven picks in total. Um, Actually, six picks in total. Sorry about that. Uh, but but the first five picks are in the top 143 selections. Uh, so I, I think this is a team. Quinn's a defensive guy. I think the offensive pieces are in place on this team. Uh, I'm looking at this as purely a defensive draft. Maybe some offensive line depth later. But for me, defense for the Atlanta Falcons. Wiz, how are you seeing that? You know, when I watch Atlanta play... It's tough to prove this, um, and you know you're not quite sure how you know how to judge it. It appears to me Atlanta has not recovered from that Super Bowl against the Patriots a couple of years ago. Um, just wa- watching them play, I, it, it's it's like I said, that's difficult to evaluate. Is the case, but I'm not really loving. Um, what's going on with the Falcons? They they don't have a lot of picks in his draft. They they have a defensive coach. Who are gonna, you know, most likely draft defensive players? Um, you know, they kind of gotta hope Todd Gurley stays can stay healthy. Otherwise, that's another situation. I'm not sure they they're thrilled with anybody backing him up, or if they're gonna bring somebody in, or what really much they can do on the offensive side. I mean, they they almost have to go with what they have, considering they don't have that many picks and their their first needs uh, first and and. His second and probably third needs are on the defensive side of the ball. So they, they need help in the secondary. They need a defensive back for sure. Cornerbacks, they, they, need, they need linebacker help as well. So defense for the Falcons, uh, but not, not overly optimistic about the outlook for Atlanta. And speaking of optimism, uh, our boy Mike Meadows somehow would find a way to be optimistic about the situation in Carolina. He's a, he's the one and only Carolina Panther fan that I actually know in this uh, particular part of the country. But um, new coach, new offensive coordinator, the owner's kind of getting his feet wet still. Um, 
They lo- they lose the face of the fr- two faces of the franchise uh, on on offense in in Olson and Newton, and Luke Cookley is uh, is a massive loss on defense. Uh, this team needs basically everything. Um, they do have eight picks. They have four in the uh, in, in the first hundred and thirteen selections, and they have two fifth round picks. Um, Wow, uh, I think on paper right now this is a team also very devoid of uh, defensive prowess. So I think they're going to need help there. So I think that's mainly what they will address in this draft as well. Um, I don't know if you've uh, consulted uh, Mikey Boy on this stuff, uh, Wiz. Uh, what's uh, what is your outlook for the uh, Panthers? Yeah, I know he wants them to take uh, Derek Brown or Isaiah Simmons. Is zero chance that Isaiah Simmons will be available at seven, but Doug Brown certainly is, a, is, is a, someone that could be there, should be there and is a great pick for them, but they have eight picks and I would not be surprised if eight out of all eight picks are defensive players, seven or six, you know, at least six or seven, but I wouldn't be surprised if, if they reeled them off all eight defensive players. Um, Christian McCaffrey is, is, is in a league of his own. Um, and I think with the new coaching staff and Brady is the offensive coordinator, they're going to use, they're going to use those receivers, especially DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel in a different way. They're going to kind of, um, bring in some of the offensive systems from, from college, which is perfectly suited for, for, for Samuel because he, he, he did plenty of that in, in college. So they're going to, they're going to utilize a lot of bubble screens, short passing games. The one wide receiver that they actually just, you know, signed as a free agent, Robbie Anderson. I'm not necessarily sure, sure he's the one that's suited best in that receiving core. But we, when you have those three receivers and, and, and they're three good receivers, DJ Moore is getting better and better and better literally with each passing, with each game. And then on top of that, you have McCaffrey and they've brought in Bridgewater and they have other quarterbacks that they're going to utilize in, in different ways and different schemes. They're going to be very, very creative. So with all that said, um, as I said, to open it up for the Panthers, their, their draft is going to be, based in a big way all on defensive players. And uh, they're able to get Brown from Auburn with that first pick. That'll be a very good starting point for them. Yeah. And I see, you know, it's funny. And I'm, I love Simmons. So I, I, if, if, you know, I think if you ask me being a giant fan, I, I was a huge fan of Lawrence Taylor. So I would, if you're asking me, that's a player that I would love the Giants to take. But could there be a scenario where, Let's say the Giants go O lineman and five and six end up being quarterbacks, and at seven Simmons is available to the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, I think I think um, I think Simmons at seven would be unbelievable for the Panthers. I think they would take that play over Brown. Uh, even though Brown is probably better suited maybe for what they want to do on defense. But in terms of a, of a better defensive player, I have Isaiah Simmons above any defensive player in this draft, including Chase Young. But uh, yeah, I think, I think there, 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 there is, it could play out like that and that would work out for Carolina, but 
there would have to be things that would take place with that three and four picks that I I don't I don't necessarily uh, see happening. But if you're a Panther fan, there's nothing wrong with hope. Yep, absolutely. And let's go down to New Orleans. And the Saints, to me, are a very similar situation as we saw with the Chiefs. Uh, five picks only, but a very solid roster to start with. This team has a great offensive line. Um, well coached. Drew Brees probably going to play his last year. It'll be interesting to see if, 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 if actually the New Orleans Saints do add a quarterback in this draft somewhere, potentially, because Taysom Hill is going to be the other guy on the roster, and he's a very unique talent who showed more and more as the season wore on. Um, it's a good defense. Um, so they have five picks. they got to make it count, but they only have two picks in the first 88. So I, I look at this draft as being, you know, not a heck of a lot to talk about when you only have five picks in it. You have a solid roster. Um, so very much like we said, like the Chiefs. Yeah, so the, the, the good news, bad news for the Saints, uh, the bad news is they only have five picks in a, in a draft rich in talent. The good news is they probably have one of the top three uh, best rosters all around in the NFL. Um, they have guys that have played with each other, that know each other like the back of their hand, that can, you know, seamlessly just, you know, know what the other player is talking about on the, you know, what the, what they want the other player to do on the field at the, at the same time. So, you know, that's the thing. Uh, New Orleans is not going to be, you know, hurt by missing time and OTAs and, 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 and having, you know, football operations before the season starts. They, they're just a, a very well-organized team with players who've been together for, for a long time. And their, their roster is rock solid. So in terms of the actual draft, they'll draft uh, an offensive lineman. They'll draft a linebacker. They'll, they'll draft a safety. They'll certainly draft those three positions with their five picks. Could they bring? There would have to be. Um, there would. There would have to be a quarterback that Sean Payton never thought would be in a spot where the Saints were picking in, in one of those rounds that uh, that's available for him to take a quarterback. Otherwise, uh, I, I, I don't necessarily see them doing that. I think they could probably just get a free agent guy or assign somebody off somebody else's practice squad to be the third tight end in the roster. But certainly the three positions are linebacker, offensive line, and safety. There's not really much else to talk about the Saints. They're, they're kind of set. Yeah, I, I, I concur there. Um, the Tom Brady era has started in Tampa Bay. Uh, everybody's very excited. Uh, my boy Joel, I was on a, a Zoom conference for one of my other leagues last night. This guy's can't wait to get in that stadium. And I, I told him, I said, I really do hope you're able to get in there. So he's very excited about Tom Brady coming in. Um Win now with this roster, right? They, they've got offensive firepower. They need, a, they need a running back. This team has seven picks in this draft, five in the first 139 selections. Um, I think they need running back help. Uh, Tom Brady's always, especially not being a mobile quarterback, you have to have him protected. Uh, that's kind of the way I see it. Wiz, what, what are you thinking about for the, uh, for the Buccaneers in this draft? Yeah, I think I think the the Bucks are all in on Tom Brady. Um, they know that window isn't long, so they're going to address two positions and they're going to address them 
with their first two picks and they're going to, and they may even repeat the same position a few times with their seven picks. They're going to draft an offensive tackle. That That is going to be their number one priority. The other the other running, the other position is going to be running back. I think because of the running backs in this draft, there are some interesting running backs out there that they could take with their second pick. But I believe with their first pick, they are going to clearly take. You know, some of these teams, you you know, you may not be sure about the position, or you may be sure about the position about you know whether it's an offensive line or a defensive line, but not the specific position. But with the Bucks. I am very confident they're going to take an offensive lineman. It's going to be the best offensive tackle that's on the board, that's on their board. And then they're going to take a running back. Um, the reason they're going to take another running back is, you know, the, the running back that they kind of have left is Ronald Jones. And he's athletic, yes. He's agile, yes. He's quick, yes. But he's not the best in terms of pass protection. And if you're running back and you miss pass protection with Tom Brady and he Ooh, takes a luck. big shot, <laughs> you, you'll be standing next to Bruce Arians most likely the rest of the game. So they're going to get a guy that they like in running back, but they love the film study of the way he pass protects his technique. And those are the things they're going to be looking at. Offensive tackle first, running back that they like that can – pass protect that's that's clearly how i see it going for tampa bay and they re- may repeat that just to make sure that they have some depth there so that's kind of how i see it going for tampa that's fantastic and um we're going to move on to the the western division the last division that we'll cover there's probably no team that i'm more excited about offensively coming into this current season as the arizona cardinals i've, I've kind of stated that that's kind of a an offense that I will be targeting. I thought they had a, a, a very productive first year with a new head coach and a new quarterback. Uh, Kyler Murray was the first pick last year and Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, they brought in DeAndre Hopkins. How can you not be excited? And that's adding it to uh, you know a pedigree like Larry Fitz, uh, Christian Kirk, an up-and-coming receiver. So I'm super excited about this offense. Um they don't have a lot of picks, but I think they have a good basis and a good foundation for success on offense. Maybe some offensive line help, but I think defense is going to be the predominant um, prioritization for the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, they don't have a lot of early picks. They, with that first pick, I think it's an offensive lineman uh, in the eighth slot. Uh, and then they don't have a second rounder. They have a third, which is the 72nd pick in the draft, and then two fourth rounders. So they don't have a lot of picks. There's only six of them, but I like what's happening here. I like the way the roster's going, but I see it defensive-centric after taking an offensive lineman in eighth. Yeah, I think the theme is pretty much the same. For all of these teams that have a young quarterback or about to draft a young quarterback, you, you've got to show up the offensive line. The Cardinals are another team that I'm confident with will take who they feel is the best offensive lineman on that on the board with that first round pick. Then after that, I, I think it's going to be scattered with defensive players. The other five picks, I would be surprised if it wasn't four or maybe even all five of the other picks all on the defensive side. They need to be able to get after the passers, see if they can get an edge rusher, um, defensive players. But there'll be a, a real good, solid blue chip offensive lineman with that eighth pick. 
that they will feel, you know, strong about helping Murray, and that's a, that's what they're going to do there. Pretty pretty sure about that. Yeah, you know, your point on offensive line. We talked about this. You know, it's to me when your offensive line is strong, and Wiz and I talked about this, and and a few of our episodes, strong offensive line really lends itself to both offensive success and keeps your defense off the field as well. Obviously, protecting your quarterback, keeping him upright, that's very important. But being able to sustain drives, run the ball. So I just want to kind of reiterate that point. So there's four great offensive tackles in this draft. So the teams that get them, they're going to be really excited about it. But I, I just wanted to kind of make sure I kind of. Oh no, I mean today I just you know t- I just want to talk about Murray just for one second. I, I know you love Murray, you know this year, um, and there's a like to like about that player. But the the one thing that he did last year that even when they shore up that offensive line that he's got to stop avoiding is that you know every play can't be a highlight real play. Every play can't be extended and you're looking to throw a 70-yard touchdown pass or you're looking to take off and run the ball or extend it and make that incredible completion down the field. I mean, sometimes you got to run out of bounds, you got to throw the ball away and live to fight another day. And one of the things watching and studying Murray from last year is that he took off a little too early and that kind of makes, and their offensive line was not great by any means, don't get me wrong, but sometimes when you take off and abandon the pocket, when you feel pressure that isn't there, it kind of makes your offensive line look bad and puts them in positions that they're just not expecting because they're not expecting you to abandon the pocket. So that's something that he needs to work on in his skill set, and even Baker Mayfield coming uh, into this season needs to work on that as well. Just uh, that that's something that he did. So, you know, Murray has got to mature. He's got to realize, you know, when you're going up against uh, – uh, these NFL defensive players, you're not going up against like Oklahoma State and Texas Tech where, you know, there's no problem. You will have 15 seconds to throw the ball and you can run all over the field and, and you're faster than every one of those players. That's not true in the NFL. And uh, I think he'll learn that. And, and, and the mental aspect of for some of these rookies is equally as important as the physical aspect sometimes. So, you know, I know you like Murray a lot this year. I like him too. Uh, but he He's also got to mature a little bit as, as an NFL quarterback as well. Excellent, excellent, excellent. And um, I'm not particularly excited about the Rams roster. Um, another team that's not recovered from a Super Bowl loss, uh, a weak offensive line, some bad contracts, um, kind of a mortgage future. They have no number one in this pick and uh, in this draft. Uh, they did get an additional number two when they traded away Brandon Cooks. Um, but they have uh, they have seven picks total, uh, two 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 ra- two two round picks, and then uh, two three round picks, five in the first one twenty six. They can help themselves, uh, you know, a little bit. I think they need offensive line help. Um, I don't know if they can, and, and I think they'll add some defensive help as well. Um, but you know, they have the they don't have the luxury of being uh, in the first round, so. You know, I'm not super excited about the direction of where things go. Maybe they can turn turn the ship around, but uh, this this team needs some help for sure. You know, it's been very interesting watching the Rams' offense over the last couple of years. Um, it seems like 
teams got enough film on what the Rams were doing and they kind of caught up to that and the Rams were playing for a year and a half of that three wide receivers set, girly in the one back, um, kind of a wide open offense. And then that offensive line couldn't hold up. Uh, Goff was getting walloped interceptions, bad throws, some of it his fault, some of it the offensive line caved on him. And then kind of like mid to late season, they did something different. They started playing with two tight end personnel, and they were running the ball more, short passing game more, and all of a sudden, Tyler Higby looked like uh, the the next uh, coming of, of Kellen Winslow Sr. I mean, the one that played with Fouts in the Chargers. I mean, he he put up five games where he was averaging over 100 yards receiving a game. Um, so it looks like that's kind of how they're going to enter the season. I think that was also one of the reasons why they let Cooks go. I think they're just going to use two receiver formations mostly. Um, and, and Reynolds is a good player. He's probably one of the best third receivers in the National Football League, if not the best. So they're okay with that, but it looks like the Rams have kind of changed in the mindset of what they want to do. And their offense is going to look different now, especially how they're going to incorporate Daryl Henderson into their offense. He didn't get much of an opportunity, but he's one of these uh, players that you want to get the ball to a lot, not even necessarily handing it off the ball, but throwing the ball to him. Malcolm Brown, they know they like. Um, so their offense has evolved and changed kind of in midstream. And I know you are completely flustered with owning some Rams and golf. Oh, do you, uh, you, 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 you remember when I put in uh, to pick up that, uh, uh, that third string quarterback yeah, I mean, in the Steelers? You you were so frustrated uh, with Jared Goff uh, in one league that were partners. I saw the moves that you put in the next week, and you you trying to pick up Hodges, the duck caller on the Steelers, and drop Jared Goff. I mean, I never laughed so hard in my life. And, and, t- uh, and Brad, tell him what what, what time with Goff. What time did I put that pick in? <laughs> I, you could see what time the transactions are put in by somebody, and you, you put that in. I think at like five fifteen in the morning, which leads me to believe that you had a bad night's sleep thinking about that offensive line from the Rams and woke up angry and wanted to put a, a move in to drop golf. But in all seriousness, you know, did you, you know, what did you make of the Rams transformation going to more of that conservative offense, getting the ball out to the tight end? And uh, how do you think that's going to, um, you know, evolve, if you will, coming into this year? So I, they have two athletic tight ends, right? They have Higby and they have Everett. So I like that. I like that. That's great. I really hated the way uh, Cooper Cup became less of a part of their offense. So hopefully, they, like I said before, they go back and watch the films of what they were at least getting him more involved. And Robert Woods is a good receiver. He's very underrated. Over a thousand yards the last two years. Ninety odd catches. I know he didn't get in the end zone, end zone too much last year, but they have pieces if that line can hold and the line did play a little bit better because i think of the offensive scheme you talked about so so sean mcveigh has to get smart and you know hopefully they get some time to kind of work on these things but 
maybe this is a very underrated offense coming into the year because of, you know, Goff, what was it, 22 touchdowns and 16 interceptions. That's not what you want, you know, of, of a quarterback that you just paid 30-odd million dollars for a season. So, you know, let's... Yeah, but, uh, you know, can, can disagree with any of that. I, I just think... Uh, it's going to be interesting now to see what they do with Henderson, how they're going to unleash him, if they're going to unleash him, in what manner they do that, um, and, and, and what they do, because they kind of have different players now uh, in what they want to do. And uh, just interested to see what uh, the boy genius comes up with this year. Yeah, and he's going to have to – he's got a lot of work to do, no doubt about it, because I think they're still recovering. So, um, and speaking of recovering, uh, the San Francisco 49ers, who came off of a – very, very difficult loss, a game that we, we, we thought was all but one, uh, but that was not the case. Uh, it's an organization run by some smart guys, John Lynch at GM, Kyle Shanahan head coach, uh, stud-looking quarterback in, uh, in uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, who, you know, had some really good games, but had a couple of, you know, off games as well, and they were a little bit more dependent on... Uh, is he, is he, did you mean stud-looking by his players or appearance? Appearance only appearance. No, okay. not not. Play. I didn't think you meant by his. Play. Okay, yep. <laughs> but but you know it's funny. Garoppolo and the passing offense just you know they forgot who George Kittle was in in, in the in in the postseason. Right, they were just running the ball left, right, and center. So, but I think it's a smart organization. They're in an unusual place. You know, they made a big trade um, and they got the Colts' number one pick. So. For a def- for a team that's the defending conference champion, they have two number one picks in the thirteenth and thirty one thirty uh, first pick in the first round, but they only have five more picks in this draft, and they're all fifth round and later. That second round pick has a potential, I think, to turn into multiple picks. It's a it's a potential move back pick, but I'll let you kind of give your two cents on that. I think they're definitely drafting a wide receiver with their first pick. That's my personal opinion. You know what they? Yeah, I mean. I've- that's a, yeah, that that I mean that I've been saying that from the moment, the, the moment that trade went through, I you know I've been I've been I, I said that not only are the 49ers going to draft a wide receiver, I believe they have a specific wide receiver in mind. Um, that was a great trade, as I mentioned uh, when we were talking about the Colts. Yesterday, now talking about the Niners, the same thing. I love that trade between the Colts and Niners. The Colts were, were looking for a defensive player. They were never going to get that player with the 13th pick as good as Buckner. And the Niners traded from their strength. They're going to take a wide receiver with that pick. I think they have a specific wide receiver in mind. That makes a world of sense for them. I do believe with their 31st pick, you know, what we've talked about running the ball and what do you want to do with running the ball? You want to shore up the offensive line. So wide receiver with the 13th pick, I think they have someone in mind uh, that will be available. Now, of course, in a situation like that, you always have to uh, look at a few guys in case your top guys off the board, but I think they have someone in mind and then offensive line. Cause you know, they want to really run the ball and then and then play action off that. They don't want Garoppolo just winging the ball and going back there 30, 35 times a game. So, um, yeah, sure up that offensive line. And uh, they, 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 they have seven picks. Um, and then after that, uh, they'll probably just do best player available because they don't have many weaknesses. Uh, so, 
They need to get another wide receiver there. They'll do that. They'll address the offensive line to help that powerful running game. They'll do that. And um, that's kind of how I see the Niners draft going. All right. Now we're going to finish up with the Seattle Seahawks. Um, I want to talk about well-run organizations. John Schneider is a, is a, is a wizard, pardon the pun, at, uh, at conducting his drafts. He's really, really good at what they do. Pete Carroll's a you know, was voted the coach of the decade. So this is a good combination. These guys did a, a masterful job last year of, of turning a, a, a pick, a draft where they came in with a minimum number of picks and turning it into a bunch of picks. You know, this year they only have seven picks, but six are in the top 144. Um, I like them to continue to work on both of their lines uh, for this upcoming draft. Wiz, how are you seeing uh, things for Seattle? Yeah, I think um, they have they have seven picks in this draft, don't they? Yeah, seven. Six, six in the they first one, picks, forty-four, right? okay. and one other one. Yep. I think I, I think they. You know, I know you. How do you think this clowny thing is going to end up? First of all, I think the player is slightly overrated, but I end, I think he ends up at a. You know, unfortunately, he's cost himself a lot of money, and I think the economics of thing has not played into his. Into his into his favor with everything that's kind of going on right now, so I see Clowney coming back at a discounted rate to to Seattle. That's the way I see it. I think. I mean, people say he's going to come back, but I've seen other uh, writers for the Seahawks say it's zero percent. So you're not sure, but I, I do believe um, it's kind of what Seattle want, needs. You know, it just seems it's the same needs. You know, offensive line. Is, is is a must for them. They're going to address that. And I think, you know, w- with the concern of some of these guys getting older in the contracts, they, they want to kind of get an edge rusher. They want to get a pass rusher. That's what they always want to do. Uh, with that home crowd going crazy, that's the big advantage they have, getting to the quarterback. So offensive line, rush the passer, the, the, those, those, are the, those are the main things Um Going, I haven't heard anything about the updates on the on the on their on their running backs who both got injured. Uh, actually, the top three guys got were, were hurt last year. Have you heard anything you about know, like the top of their depth chart at running back? How you know those guys are fully recovered? Or I, what? I saw one story and one story only. It was one, and it was the beat writer. I haven't seen what John Clayton has to say, but there were positive uh, medical stories. Uh, look. Penny got hurt late in the year, as did Carson. So that was the one thing. Carson's injury was less severe. Penny's was pretty yeah. serious. Uh, but, Penny's injury, anytime yeah. you have a non-contact, those are, those are serious. So, but they, 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 the article seemed to indicate that, that both players were doing very well in their recovery. And then Travis Homer, the guy they picked up late last year, actually you know, stuck his nose in there and, and actually had one very positive start. I don't think Marshawn Lynch had nothing left in the tank as we saw. So maybe they do something at, at the position uh, as well. But yeah, look, I think Seattle's a very well-run franchise. So they usually find a way to figure out best players available. I think they do a, a very good job of that. Yeah, I agree. And uh, yeah, I think uh, I think they, they certainly want to run the ball. So they, they want to they, they want to run the ball. So I think Offensive line help protect Wilson is really what they want to do, and an edge, an edge pass rusher. But the problem is, after Simmons goes off the board, there there are no sure things uh, with an edge pass rusher. At least anyone that you want to take an early pick with. Certainly, players deeper in the draft are okay, but uh, 
So that, that's that's how I that's how I kind of see it going for the Seahawks this year in the draft. All right, awesome. Well, I'm going to wish you a good weekend here. I'm looking forward to talking about the first round uh, as we talked about next time we uh, talk about the NFL draft. So super excited about that. A good weekend, Wiz, and uh, lots of fun. Take care, everybody. You, you do the same.